Hi there, this is Human Life International's new Spirit and Life podcast. I'm the Mission Research Specialist, Tad Wojcik, and this is Father Bouquet, our president. Oh, very good, Tad. Good to be with you today. You too, Father. Um, so we're going to talk about your article, your Spirit and Life article from a couple of weeks ago called Your Heart is a Pro-Life Remedy. It's sort of a retrospective on the past year as we move into a new one. Um, and add a few questions. I guess the the first one we should probably start with is just kind of a summary. Where are we now uh, in terms of the pro-life cause uh, at the end of 2021, moving into 2022? And what are the, sort of the strengths and weaknesses of our position at the time? Yeah. Well, what I've done in the, you know, in the past with Spirit and Life is my way of really communicating not only with our donors, but with you know our readership base. And obviously it's picked up by different audiences. And, and my intention always at the beginning of the year is to kind of take a look back. You know, what did we accomplish? What were some of the things that uh, we struggled with? And, you know, looking forward. And for me, it's always a chance. I try to keep it as good news. Always keep it positive that even when we face some difficulties. So, for example, in the article, I mentioned one of our greatest setbacks last year, you know, obviously, you know, was the election of Joe Biden as president. Mm -hmm. Because pretty much what President Biden has done from day one in office has to be really advance the culture of death. Mm -hmm. You know, pretty much his agenda is very, has been very clear. You know, uh, he's been very much inaugurating what he said he would do in the sense of advance the rights to quote-unquote abortion mm -hmm. and, you know, the whole transgender issue, all the various uh, uh, ways to advance the culture of death. Right. So, you know, so that's, that's obviously something we have to deal with now for the next three years, and, yeah. and we're dealing with it. But we also have to look at the Guttmacher Institute, you know, which really, you know, showed that they are they're concerned that despite the fact that President Biden and his administration are advancing this cause, that there are within the states a tremendous energy happening with regard to advancement of pro-life legislation. There's sort of a grassroots backlash. Yeah, it's, it, which, is, which is wonderful. And it's always been there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's interesting for our audience to always hear that we think during, you know, uh, when we have a president that really is with us in the sense of the pro-life cause that we really accomplish more. And obviously under the President, uh, president Trump's administration, we did. We moved a tremendous amount mm -hmm. of, of pro-life legislation and uh, inaugurated that legislation. But if we go back and look at many of the... Uh, administrations that were not on our side, you know, mm -hmm. the Clinton administration, the Obama administration, now the Biden, we actually are moving it further. Right. Why? Because I think it really stokes people to get awakened, to, to realize we're up against this foe, and we have to really stand together. And that's what's happening in the states, at, you know, at the state level, right. you know, which at grassroots level, if you want to call it, and then it's moving up into the federal level, where it's getting mm -hmm. into, the, into the courts and getting into the conversation. Right. So I really see this as a positive, and of course right now on people's mind is the, the heartbeat uh, you know, law in Texas, the, the whole uh, Dobbs and Jackson uh, uh, women's organization out of, out of Mississippi, with the whole, Jackson, yeah, women health. Women health. Yeah. So, you, get, so you, you look at this and you realize that you know, there's, an, there's a conversation happening right now mm -hmm. that's, that's, one, it's out there. People are talking, right. you know, so it's, it's making people talk. It's making people draw their lines. But it's also calling people of goodwill who see the, the opportunity to keep advancing it. So I, I really see this the year before us as a very positive year because mm -hmm. no matter what happens with, you know, the Dobbs-Jackson case, you know, mm -hmm. obviously we're wanting the, the positive side of that. Right, but, right. you know, it's not going to stop us. It's, no matter what that decision is, we're just going to mm -hmm. keep moving forward. The, it's looking positive. You know, we want to keep it in that mindset. But we, we, we never know what will happen until that decision is rendered. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow, there are a lot, of, a lot of things you mentioned there, a lot of good things. Um, a couple of, you know, 
uh, hiccups and challenges that we have to face, some big ones. Uh, I want to start, though, maybe we can focus on how you talked about the, that, that, that grassroots element, the state level, local, uh, community level of, of kind of essentially reaction or just um, galvanizing the pro-life movement at that level. Yeah. Um, in, the, in your article, you talk about how there's a difference in worldview of the pro-life view, which is very community um, oriented. In a way, it's the most you know, grassroots it could possibly be because it's a family and home focused right. movement. Um, <clears throat> and you know, the anti-life position is generally kind of bureaucratic and top down. Right. And that's, that's an element that we don't really talk about that much. I'd like to see what, if you have any other thoughts about that. Yeah, you know, we, we, here at HLI, you know, we've done this many times in trying our education and our interviews and writing to talk about how, how the, the progressive agenda, the culture of death, really does work from the top down. It tries to impose. It always pushes down. Mm -hmm. It uses uh, government, education, uh, media, uh, the whole uh, social in media industry today, with theaters, magazines, and so forth, and the internet now today, and all the social platforms, right. really pushing down, you know, pushing okay. down. And what they couldn't, could not accomplish in legislative bodies, they, they do within the court system. And mm -hmm. so, so this is that top-down, heavy force. Well, I mean, force. that's the way abortion was legal. Exactly, in the of States. course, of yeah. course. So it's, and so here we are now where, you know, where really the grassroots, if you will, is, uh, and I know in some countries the grassroots means a little something different. So yeah. for us what it means is what you explained very beautifully, galvanizing people, pulling people together at every level within that civil society. So it's not just Catholics. This is, involved, this is a human issue. Life is a human issue, mm -hmm. so it involves every one of us. So galvanizing people on every level is a way to elevate the conversation and to move that conversation then into action, into activism. And so this is what we, in, in a way, which has been part of our mission was, one, educate people. What are the issues? What is at stake? You know, uh, get through all the muck of the pol poli political uh, jargon and language and really expose this is the issue. These are the issues and then bring that to bear. Then when people ask, well, what is that about? Tell me, explain. So educating people on those issues specifically. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, education is good, very important, very necessary, but you don't want to leave it there. Now you've got to get people out of their chairs, you know, off the sofas, right. mm -hmm. you know, onto the streets, into their legislative bodies, get into their school boards, get into the local level, speak to their, uh, their, uh, their local state legislators. You know, push agendas and advance agendas that really bring the pro-life message particularly the defense of the family, right. you know, because, you know, as I shared in that same article, my concern, mm -hmm. you know, is as we, we're moving one conversation, there's another conversation happening, yeah. which we can always, if we have time, we can talk about, mm -hmm. but, you know, we, we'll have many opportunities to visit on many of these issues, but, you know, it's the idea that we, we can't ignore the whole package, you know, as we advance the issue to protect human life from the moment of conception to natural death, we also have to look at what other things are affecting the family, right. what other assaults are happening. So, Well, and you mentioned the school boards. I think in Virginia we saw um, HL, Human Life International is focused, uh, is based in Virginia. Um, the uh, sort of reaction to a school board in Loudoun County that was right. pushing a transgender agenda, and right. um, people reacted and selected a, a pro-family uh, governor. Right. Um, so, so there's... Um, Kind of, you're right. There's, there's definitely that side of the equation is something that HLI and the pro-life, pro-family exactly. movement needs to be focused. And that's why on we as just well. got to keep our ears very attentive. We have to be very aware, 
and yeah. you know, and not become which we are never are. I mean, pro-lifers are often accused, you know, of being single focus, which you know, many pro-life groups have a maybe a single focus within their mission, mm -hmm. but all pro-lifers I have met are concerned about all issues that affect human right, life. Right, where we're accused of being single-issue voters. Exactly, um, but I mean, but, but, but it's still important that as we advance our particular cause or our particular mission uh, is to always be aware of the other aspects and how they interplay and how they interact so that, you know, we can add our voice where it's necessary and so important to do so. So I would say that, you know, as we, as we talk about advancing, you know, in, in the state level, for example, that let's say that the Supreme Court, you know, in its, in its decision, you know, upholds Mississippi, all right? And now we will, what we will see, depending on how that uh, uh, ruling is, is written, you know, we know it's going to be thrust back to the states. And we already know that many states, like my own home state of Louisiana, is already primed, you know, with its pro-life laws. And there are many states like that. So this means this battle is not over. It, it's right. now moving where it should be, and that is, you know, in the states, among the people, among among the citizens, talking about these issues, educating this issue, which really gets all of us involved. So this that's why it, it really can't just be, and nor is it, a sim simply a Catholic conversation. Right. It's all of our conversation. Well, Catholic in the sense of being a universal, universal. conversation, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Um, but as as Catholic Christians, uh, Roman Catholics, um, we I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Talking about uh, the president Joseph Biden, mm -hmm. um, obviously it's it's an issue for all pro-lifers. Um, but as Catholics in particular, it's 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 important because uh, Joseph Biden calls himself and is touted as a devout Catholic, right. um, uh, when clearly he's starkly in opposition to church teaching on right. most issues um, in the life and family sphere. Um, so there's plenty of vitriol about that, and we hear about that all the time. Um, but I was wondering if uh, you could explain how we can sort of pray, you know, how, how can we work for the conversion of, right. you know, pro-abortion pro politicians and leaders? Sure. Well, let's, let's just use the March for Life for an example. Mm -hmm. So we go back to Miss Nellie Gray, the, mm -hmm. you know, great founder of the March. You know, uh, in those very, in those very beginning, in that, in that infancy, I mean, different people had different positions, and Nellie had been given advice from very different camps. You mm -hmm. know, saying, "Yeah, keep moving forward." Others said, "Nah, we don't need that." But you know, what Miss Nellie understood was we need to be be a voice. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is that you know, as we as we stand in solidarity, as we march in union with each other in in solidarity and in prayer. We are voicing ourselves to our leaders. We're saying we disagree with you. Yeah. And so this is a way to someone like Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, many others. And, you know, so that's why, again, you know, within the Catholic you know, perspective, yes. And I think that goes back to our shepherds. That's you know, their responsibility. And for us to, you know, to speak to those issues and for us to educate people on positions being advanced by people like uh, President Biden, which is not in line with Catholic teaching. So it's important mm -hmm. really to educate, let people know, hey, sorry, that does not represent Catholic teaching. Right, right. Uh, and that's very, very important. At the same time, we can state our opposition not only by educating, but we can also stand in our, uh, voice our opposition by standing there in witness, so mm -hmm. like at a march, you know, or maybe, you know, in writing letters, you know, there's so many ways that we need to get engaged in this so mm -hmm. that we can, you know, again, not allow ourselves, because what the, the media tries to do is sidetrack us into the conversation only from 
Catholic perspective, mm -hmm. which I think is still very important. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that, but what I'm saying is that we've got to keep ourselves focused on the task at hand. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we need to call out and, and, and be honest about this and say, sorry, you know, President Biden, what you said there, Ms. Pelosi, what you said there, or anyone does not represent Catholic teaching. This is wrong. At the same time, we also need to keep, not allow ourselves just to get uh, focused on that and allow the media to keep us there. We've got to right. keep I I advancing the full conversation because with the media, that's, oh, look, no, he's a Catholic. He says he's a Catholic. He's in good standing. See, they, they, they're just trying to sidetrack the conversation. We just mm -hmm. got to keep moving it. Mm -hmm. so, because ultimately, it's the issues that are at stake, whatever yes, he yeah. thinks or right. does. Right? right. Joe Biden is not the one, as some of the archbishops have made very clear, he doesn't speak for the church. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important, you know, not to, uh, to allow ourselves, you know, to get into that little trap that the media tries to, to push us into. But for us, back to that, and that's why I think what's important is what, what, when, what we said earlier, Tad, was that, you know, what gets people motivated is when they hear something like that. And they say, wait a minute, that's not right. Mm -hmm. And that gets people motivated. So, so basically, as much as we're, we're against what Mr. Biden has said, he's actually helping us in many so ways. That galvanization is yeah, coming from stirring the pot. Mm -hmm. You know, so thank you. You know, I mean, I don't, want him to, I, I don't want to see that promoted, but at the same time, I'm going to take advantage of it and say, no, that's, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is why it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And so it's important. And many people are doing that. You know, it's making people talk. I mean, even on airplanes, you know, I hear people, you know, isn't it interesting that this was said? Well, yeah, that was said, but that's not Catholic teaching. Mm -hmm. What do you mean that's not Catholic teaching? Mm -hmm. So it, gives, it does give an opportunity to talk, so an educate, form. So uh, it's, it's, it, 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 these are good moments, as, as hard as they are and as difficult as teachable they are. Moments. They're teachable moments. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Okay. Well, um, in that... Case, uh, I think, f as far as the article is concerned, um, we covered the main points. Um, actually, there was one thing I wanted to ask about that had to do with um, the quote you gave from St. John Paul II. I'll just read it here. Uh, Man is called, and these are the words of the Holy Father, John Paul II, Man is called to a fullness of life which far exceeds the dimensions of his earthly existence because it consists in sharing the very life of God. The loftiness of this supernatural vocation reveals the greatness and the inestimable value, inestimable value of human life even in its temporal phase. And that's from his encyclical Evangelium Vitae. Um, so as we come into a new year then, um, because that's really what your article is about, um, how can we as Catholics and pro-lifers... Um, attain to or strive for this fullness of life in the spiritual dimension. Sure. Well, as, as a people of faith, you know, and my, the la whole last part of my article is actually, you know, it's really the, the whole conversion, the whole transformation of our world starts in our own hearts. I mean, our personal call to holiness, the universal call to holiness. Each of us called as a Christian people, as a people of faith, as a people of God, are called to live in light of God's teaching. Mm -hmm. And that starts within me. It starts within my own heart. It starts in my own choices, my own actions. So again, as we said earlier, when things are being pushed down, you know, and if we're looking for answers to happen, you know, from the government, from leadership, or from, yes, we would love that to be ideally there. But if that's what we're waiting for, it's not going to happen. What happens, though, is when I myself, that's why I quoted Mother Teresa, you know, if you want happiness, then go home, you know, and, do, and, and promote it in your family. Start at that ground level, back to that grassroots. Start at its base. 
and build and nurture that environment. And so for myself, really, it, it's, it's, it's motivated me, this, this whole cause, this whole pro-life movement that I've been involved with now, you know, way back when I was in college, you know, and here I am be, and serving this wonderful organization that has a global mission, and yet it's, what it's teaching me is that it's personal holiness, mm-hmm. you know, that was going to advance this mission is my personal growth and holiness. And then I add that, to your personal growth and holiness and so forth and so on. And this is what transforms our world. This is what transforms lives. And so this is why I, I end that article. You know, really it's a, it's a conversion of the heart. Mm-hmm. And, and what I love about our pro-life movement, and, and, I, and I say this, you know, uh, it, you know, so often, is I meet people of joy. Pro-lifers are people that are happy people. They're joyful people. They're family-oriented. We're striving to live rightly and righteously and virtuously. And we treat each other with respect, you know, and we strive. We aim for We falter. Yes, we make mistakes. But, you know, we know the right. We know the good. And, and, I, and that's what something that really starts within each of us because we know that we're called to love. We're called to give that love. We're called to share that love. And we're called in solidarity to stand with our brothers and sisters. And, and this is what this cause really does. It unites us. And so uh, that's why I, the article I end is that this call. And if anyone who follows me in my writing, you know, I speak about this quite often because it really is the, the foundation stone upon which everything else will be built. And that call, the universal call to holiness. Exactly, exactly. And so it, it's, and I think that's the biggest challenge, you know, before us in every year is, you know, how have we grown? How have we matured? You know, have I myself personally grown in my relationship with the living God? And if that is, then it should be manifested in the way that I live, the way that I act, the choices I make. And that affects my brothers and my sisters. And, and so think about what you asked. So if I pray and, and really and encourage my, the people in office and leadership, mm-hmm. you know, give them a good example, show yeah. them, teach them. Uh, in many cases I've learned, Tad, over the years, and uh, I never excuse anyone's behavior. Mm-hmm. All right, but many times I've learned in working with leaders all over the world. I've been in nearly ninety countries, so I've I've been in many places where people in leadership think they understand these issues and they don't, or they've been given misinformation. So when we bring light, truth, it offers an opportunity, you know, to to transform. And so how I approach those conversations, how I deal with these individuals, really falls back to me. You know, I can go in, and there's a time for all things. There's a time for firmness. There's a time for a gentle approach. We all have to know those moments and know when and how to, uh, to use those gifts. Mm-hmm. But if we use them wisely, we use them rightly and prudently, then there's an opportunity. And I've seen it. I've seen conversion in leaders in, 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 in various levels of government. So I know it's possible. So mm-hmm. I know that we can do the same thing here in the United States. We just have to keep our cause going. And the March for Life that I talked about earlier is an example. I mean, where are we walking? Right down the halls of power. Where are we standing? Right in front of the halls of power. What are we saying? We're saying no. We're saying sorry. We disagree mm-hmm. completely with this, this law, no matter how much it has been legalized and standardized and itself galvanized. Right. We disagree. Sorry. We're, we're going to stand until... Galvanized, galvanized at, at a level of, of, of influence right. and elitism, whereas exactly. the people, right, the voice of the people exactly. has pretty much always been to the contrary right. of, of those 1973 decisions. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
So we're trying to fight against that, like that galvanization that has been pushed in us. And if we look through the media and so forth, yeah, absolutely. So it, it's, I think we're at a good moment, you know. And and again, I'm very, I'm, I'm optimistic, always am, and I'm hopeful that you know that the justices uh, that uh, received the case in uh, in in Dobbs and Jackson versus Jackson will actually do the right thing, you know. Now, what that right thing will look like at the end, mm-hmm. we have to wait and see. That's yeah. my prayer. And, but I'm also poised, as I know many leaders are, that what's next? So mm-hmm. that if we're given a positive movement, what's our response? So we're, many of us are talking, mm-hmm. you know. So if we get this decision, what do we do? If we get this decision, what do we do? Right, it's not like it's a final victory. Exactly. So we've got to exactly. maintain the momentum at that point. Exactly. You know, to be positive. So that's, that's the motivation. So that's why I return back to prayer. Mm-hmm. So my personal growth, my personal journey with the Lord and, uh, and each of us do that, then we can bring the very best of ourselves to this great cause and really be a sharpened tool in the hand of God. Um, in that sense, what would be one thing that Catholics, pro-lifers, maybe we'll say Catholics, um, what is one thing in spiritual life, in the spiritual life of Catholics that we can do this year to... Mm-hmm effect that galvanization, that um, spiritual growth, and becoming a saint, as you say in the article. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I would, I would make it two. What I would say is that we have to use Cardinal Robert Seurat. You know, in a sense, part of this is that we have to really learn how to become silent in a sense of quietness, a prayerfulness, a real desire to spend time with God. The world is a busy place. Life is very busy, and we have so many responsibilities. But if we don't step out of that and really become nourished at the table of the Lord, to allow the Lord to fill the cup, then we so easily just get caught up in the business of the day, though we're doing something good. And uh, so I would encourage us to really step into the quietness. Be that contemplative spirit. Exactly. And the second thing with that is to avail oneself. You know, each of us has a different way of, of devotional life. You know, whatever that devotional life is, of course, as a parent, as a priest, I would encourage people, you know, to avail themselves to daily mass to our Catholic brothers and sisters. And, you know, and, and then also to pray with Scripture daily. To, to also, what I would say we, we ought to embrace is some form of penance, some way of, uh, of, of embracing a spiritual a sacrifice right. for you the good of others. Fasting, exactly. And so I think there's, we have to find our own little way of responding but as Catholics, we're, we have a unique way through our liturgy and through our whole life. But to our Christian brothers and sisters that, that walk with us and accompany us, and our Jewish brothers and sisters, we all have our various ways of expression of this call to holiness, this closeness to God. And I would say, let's take advantage of that this year. Let's grow in that this year. And then, then step into those arenas, into those moments of activism, mm-hmm. strengthened, you know, united you know, uh, uh, to this great cause. Mm-hmm. Right. Wonderful. Okay, well, I think we can maybe close with that. Um, <laughs> thank you, Father. Um, and thank you for watching Human Life International's uh, Spirit in Life podcast series uh, beginning today. <laughs> <laughs>